Welcome to the latest in the Aon UK DC Survey 2020 podcast series. This series looks in detail at key insights from the survey and we speak to Aon DC experts. Since this recording was made, there have obviously been unprecedented events in the world which have impacted our population as well as our economies and this clearly has a big impact on people's DC savings. And never has this been as important as it is now to make sure that members are reassured but also given information. And we look at this through a slightly different lens now, but the insights that we're going to share with you today based on the survey remain nonetheless valid. We're going to hear from Karina Klimachevsky and Andy Partridge who are going to share their views with you now. Thanks, John. So my name's Karina Klimachevsky. I'm a senior consultant sitting in Aon's retirement practice. I'm here today as I have a particular interest in engaging people with pensions. And I'm Andy Partridge and I'm a senior communication consultant. And my interest is really using behavioural insights to improve engagement with pensions. Great, thanks both. I'll kick things off with a, a question for Andy, I think, this one. What do we mean by financial well-being and engagement? Well, that's a really good question. And while it might seem obvious what engagement is, there really is no one single definition. In fact, pretty much everyone you ask will define it differently. The debate on what it is is perhaps a really good reason why um, more than half of schemes don't measure it at all. So how do you define engagement? Well, at one level, it might be enough for a member to have participated in or read a communication, raising engagement and awareness. For others, the goal is something more meaningful. So for a member to say, I am changed by this experience for the positive and I'm now going to do something differently. It's simple to measure participation. So, for example, how many members have opened an email or used a modelling tool, but it's much harder the more sophisticated you get, such as the, the effect that an initiative has to improve your employees' well-being. Now, when talking about well-being, what we're talking about there is influencing an individual's ability to confidently manage their finances today while being able to prepare for and deal with unexpected shocks along the way. So, Andy, how do pensions fit into that wider financial well-being framework? Increasingly, it's being recognised that pension saving is not something that individuals consider in isolation, but as part of their overall financial situation. And that's evidenced by the fact that some 30% of our employers who responded to our recent survey are planning to offer employees more support with creating a financial plan based on savings outside of pensions. There's a recognition that financial needs have changed and this includes their priorities. So we need to look at the challenge of helping people with their retirement against the more pressing demands of getting onto the housing ladder, for example. To make pensions more relevant, we really must position them in a way that really fits with individuals' lives. Now, there is a link to, back to financial well-being here in that financial worries contribute to a decline in mental health, for example. There's no point in asking someone to pay more into their pension if they're struggling with their day-to-day -day financial commitments. So our engagement efforts need to recognise this. Thanks, Andy. Karina, how can we get members to engage with pensions then? I'd like to answer that question with a statistic I found pretty shocking, if I, if I may, John. Yes, please do. Research by the Pensions and Lifetime Savings Association showed that 37% of employees believe that the government's minimum auto-enrolment contribution rate is the recommended amount to save for retirement. We need to ensure that members know that isn't enough. Going back and bringing that back to the results of our DC survey... One question we asked our respondents was about the methods they use to encourage employees to save enough for their retirement. 
the most popular method was to encourage members to save more using plan design anchors. For example, the contribution structure. Say if you've got a matching structure, trying to make members make the most of their match. However, this alone may not be enough to ensure that members are on track to maintain their standard of living in retirement. We also found a third of those running schemes communicate a target to help members to save at an appropriate level. That's consistent with the message behind the PLSA and Loughborough University retirement living standards, which are designed to help people consider the standard of living they want when they retire and understand how much it would cost to attain that. It'll be interesting to see if more schemes start to incorporate targets in the next few years. Perhaps thinking, making members think in this way, so how they want to live when they retire, will help them to set a goal and then work towards it. Thanks, Karina. Some ideas there about the sort of things you can use to encourage people to think about retirement. In terms of what next and the sort of the how of this, Andy, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so firstly, as a scheme sponsor, I think you should take the time out to think about your objectives and what you want to achieve. We quite often see our clients do this through a workshop, so taking some time out to plan for their communications. Then it's important to really be bold and try something new. Think about how you can take a new message out to your people to engage with them more effectively. We often see our clients try to do this around the annual benefit statement process. As we're already sending out an annual update on pensions to their members, it's a really good time to reach them. So thinking about short, action-orientated, one-page statements with all the information they want to get out to their members, or even through an interactive personalised video. And if you want to engage with your members, remember to use a range of different methods to best reach your diverse audiences. Thanks, Andy. Karina, then, what are the steps that need to be taken in order to achieve a, a successful financial well-being strategy? Yeah, good, good question, John. Uh, and I'd like to take it back to something that we found from our DC survey, we found that while schemes tend to offer a range of financial well-being support, whether that's pensions, ISAs, insurance, over 55% have no measures of engagement with their retirement and well-being programs. The highest proportion of regular monitoring we saw was 25% for retirement planning tools, with typical scores being less than 15% for any regular monitoring. Going back to your question, it's really difficult to determine success if you haven't set objectives and then regularly monitor how you're doing against these. With pensions, we see a number of clients monitor progress by looking at retirement adequacy. What I mean by that is understanding how many of your members are on track to maintain their standard of living in retirement. We often see this measured before and after something like a communications exercise to work out if the strategy was successful. Now, taking maybe a step back from pensions, looking at financial well-being, sometimes it can be helpful to do an audit of your current support to think about what your employees actually need and if the benefits you have in place actually meet those needs. So have you thought about bringing the different data sets you have together to see if there are any gaps. Those members who aren't on track to maintain their standard of living in retirement, do they have higher levels of debts, meaning their focus is elsewhere? So we've had some really great ideas there from, uh, from both Karina and 
Andy. And I guess at this stage of the discussion, it'd be useful to try and summarise those in perhaps some uh, key takeaways. I'll start that one if if I can, John. Um, key takeaways. I guess I'm going to summarise the things that we've said today, but just to say there are loads of interesting statistics coming out of our survey more than we've been able to talk about in this podcast today. So I do recommend if you're interested in all of these sort of topics, do download a copy of our survey and have a read. But I guess in terms of takeaways from the podcast today, pensions shouldn't be considered in isolation. There are many other factors that can impact how much members might save towards their retirement. So it's important we need to think about this holistically. And bringing that back from a pensions perspective, using targets to help members have a goal for retirement could be one way of engaging members. Thanks, Karina. Andy, have you got anything else you want to add at this point? Yes, I think that while schemes and sponsors do offer a range of education and tools, very few of them measure the impact that these tools are having. So I think that's definitely something for schemes to take away and consider. Great. Well, thanks, both of you. It's been a really interesting chat on the subject of comms and engagement and certainly something that hopefully will give our, our listeners something to think about. No worries. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. And don't forget, if you want a copy of the survey, please do click on the link in the podcast text. Alternatively, uh, you can email us at talktous at aon.com or contact your usual Aon consultant.